Episode 40, our conversation continues with consultant Mike McVeigh. Welcome to Radio War Stories with your hosts, Dave Jagger and Don Nelson. Oh my gosh. Uh, Talent coach versus overall consultant too, Mike. I mean, these are two things that have always been separated in my mind as a full-time full service consultant is what you call yourself then you deal in, in talent as well as overall sound of the radio station and working closely yeah. with the pd and the gm and whomever uh which one did you find more difficult i don't i think i know the answer to this question but which one is harder yeah. i i don't i mean this may shock you but i think it's easier to coach talent than do everything um, you know, the majority of my career has been being that overall dealing with music and marketing and promotion. And, and, and that just means there's more people to argue with, you know, if you're coaching talent and, and again, when I'm coaching talent, I really, I think part of why I enjoy that the most is, is I respect talent. I think talent is so important today because, Otherwise, you just put on Spotify or Pandora and listen to music. Um, I wrote a Radio Inc. article after Apple Music uh, relaunched their Apple Music channels and added personalities to a couple of the channels. I wrote in Radio Inc., what does Apple know that radio doesn't seem to know? And that is that talent create a bond with the listener and bring them back day after day after day. If it's just music... Then there's, you know, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Pandora, what's it matter? There's no allegiance. It's yeah. it becomes then about price, right? Mm-hmm, right? Who can I get for the cheapest? It's just going to play all the music. <laughs> but if there's a personality involved, then it creates loyalty. And so, when I coach a talent, and, and I've been hired for talent that weren't looking for coaching, it was because somebody went, either they're really difficult, or you know, uh, the ratings are so terrible, we need help. And and what I start out by doing is saying to them, tell me who you are, you know, what's going on, mm-hmm. what's happening. I try to figure out who they are as a person. Then I talk to them about their show. Then I ask them about what they like about where they work and what they dislike about it. And I try to learn as much as I can about them and, and then I go back to principles, which is, okay, well, you've got to be true to who you are. When us three guys first got in radio, you could be, you know, shotgun Tom Kelly and wear a Mountie hat, and you could be machine gun Kelly and talk to a gorilla, uh, right? Yeah. MG Kelly had a gorilla as yep, his, his co-host. Yeah. I think and Shotgun you know, still has yeah. the original hat. Shotgun still he probably has, does. Still wears the hat. Yes, he does. And and actually, I just combined two people that worked for me at 10Q at the same time. Jack Armstrong talked to the gorilla. Machine Gun <laughs> Kelly talked to his engineer. Oh. And, oh, and it was both them doing voices. But today, it's genuine fiber because of social media. you got to be who you are. You can't be one thing on the air and something else off the air. Mm-hmm. And so I actually sit down with talent and, and play for them the video expert of Kevin Costner in Bull Durham in that movie where he's playing Crash and Susan Sarandon is playing 
the love interest of whatever ball player there is each season. And <laughs> yep. Tim Robbins is playing the new young pitcher. Mm -hmm. And if you remember, there's a scene where Kevin Costner and Tim Robbins are in a bar and they're talking to Susan Sarandon. And she says, come on, you two, let's go to my place. And Tim Robbins goes, both of us? And Kevin Costner elbows him and goes, come on. And so they both get up. <laughs> they both get up and leave and go to Susan Sarandon's house. And they both sit down on a couch. She grabs a chair, flips it backwards and sits down and says, here's how this is going to work. I'm going to be the best girlfriend you've ever met. I'm going to pick one of you two. And I will be monogamous to you all season long, including the playoffs, if you're lucky enough to make it there. <laughs> and you will be monogamous to me. And when the season's <laughs> over, you leave and go on your own, and we never talk to each other ever again. Right. And Tim Robbins says, wait, you're going to pick between him and me? And Kevin Costner says, no, that's not how it works. I'm not competing with this guy. You can't legislate love. I don't believe in that. And he stands up and he starts to put on his coat. And she goes, where are you going? And he says, I'm leaving. And she goes, really? Because you don't believe in this. What do you believe in? And he turns around and says, I believe that the designated hitter should be outlawed. I believe there's no hit better than the fungo ground ball. I believe that we should all play on roll grass, not AstroTurf. I think Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. And he goes through a whole diatribe. <laughs> Goes through a whole diatribe <laughs> and finishes by saying, and I believe Susan Sontag poetry is a bag of bullshit. <laughs> and he walks out the door and Susan Sarandon goes, oh my. <laughs> and so I play that for an air talent and I say, look, he had a script writer. You don't. Mm -hmm. but you must know what you believe in. And that's one of the things I love so much about Dave and Jerry. You two knew what you believed in. And when you got into trouble, it was because somebody in management was trying to tell you what you believed in. Yeah, exactly. Not what you believed in. And so when you say to me, what do I love the most? I love coaching talent and I love working with amazing talent. I got to meet Don Imus. I got to sit with Don Imus at his ranch in Texas, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I've been so blessed to meet so many amazing talent and work with so many amazing talent. And you want to know something? I guarantee you I learned more from them than they learned from me. Just by listening to who they are, what they do, sure. how they reacted, yeah. knowing what made them successful. I think, Don, you and I probably both worked with Charlie Tuna along the way. No, and I that, didn't. Right. You uh, didn't? The closest I, mean, I got to Charlie Tuna was the, was the bar at, uh, across the street. <laughs> Nico, Nico Dale? Yes. Nico Dale? Yeah, yeah. How sad that we both know the bar that's no longer there. Um, but, but Charlie Tuna. Oh, what a great talent. Uh, he, and, 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 you know, when... When I showed up at 10Q as a program director at the age of 25, I could critique Charlie Tuna. Think about how coaching Charlie Tuna oh was gosh. when you're that young. But I learned because I'd sit down and I'd be like trying to think, you know, how do I tell him something? I'd be hemming and hawing and Charlie stopped me one day and said, let me be clear with you. You just tell me what you want me to do. I may ask you why. I may disagree with you, 
But if you give me a good enough reason to say the call letters backwards, I'll do it. I just need to have a good enough reason and know that it's going to help me win in the ratings. Absolutely. Yeah. Question for you, Mike. Who is that one person uh, that you would name as your mentor? We all have one. That's, I mean, people ask me that, Don. It's so hard for me to name just one. Uh, Ed, Sal, Ed Salomon would be the person I owe the most of my career really, to. Really, really. Ed Salomon. Good old yeah. WHN Ed Salomon. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, because when I was a little kitty in Pittsburgh radio, he was a PD at Weep in Pittsburgh. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. And when I went to Wheeling, he tried to hire me, and I turned him down. And and I went to Charleston, West Virginia. He tried to hire me to go to Weep, and I turned him down because he offered me overnights, and I was a PD morning man, and I wanted to be a program director. Mm -hmm. yeah. And and about three or four months later, he called me, and I had moved to Charleston, West Virginia, as PD morning man. And he called me and said, I offer you overnights in Pittsburgh, and you turn me down to go to Charleston, West Virginia. <laughs> and, and I said, well, it's because I want to be a PD and, yeah, and a morning, morning guy. Yeah. And, and so... That led to him calling me back about a year later and hiring me for uh, Los Angeles to be his APD. Charlie Cook was his APD in New York City. Mm -hmm. And he said, I need somebody to be our APD in, in LA. And I was only in LA about four or six weeks. And uh, the PD left wow. and Ed went, and Ed goes, okay, you're the PD. <laughs> oh, so, thank goodness you didn't get kicked so, to the curb. My so, goodness. So, and I learned so much from Ed, not just, you know, from that time in L.A., but then when he went to uh, Westwood One, well, Mutual first and Westwood One, you know, he continued to mentor me. And so I would say Ed Salomon the most, but I would I would also name Charlie Cook. I mean, even though Charlie worked for me, Charlie was in New York City before I made it to L.A. Mm -hmm. And Charlie had more experience than me and Charlie never felt uncomfortable saying to me okay that's gonna fail you know? <laughs> and, and i'd go okay why you know and he would tell me why and so and it so did I appreciate right? it. yeah it probably I, did yeah it probably yeah. well, i didn't do it if charlie said to me if you do that it's gonna fail i wasn't stupid and look i again i go back to being humble do i have an ego yes but i will accept opinions from people and I'll accept advice from people who've done it and and seen it so I don't think I'm that smart I just think I'm smart enough to talk to people who've been successful I find that most people who pontificate are full of shit <laughs> how do you really feel uh, yeah and, and, our, and our industry is full of people who you know, just because they have a big, deep voice and they talk louder than somebody else, they think they're smarter. Yeah. But no. show me success. You mentioned Pittman. You cannot argue with his success. No. Nope. No. Nope. Can't argue with MTV his and everything else that's surrounded Bob Pittman. Totally. So you can't. Totally. I mean, I I never, ever, ever liked Howard Stern's radio. I thought he was bad for radio. I thought he was, but he was certainly unique, and uh, to this day, I will not deny him his talent. There's no denying what the guy can do on the air and how he can get an audience wrapped up in what he's talking about. So even though I don't like, I always thought his person, private parts uh, movie was a bunch of horse katunga because he just, 
oh, I'm the I'm the victim. He was the if you remember the movie, he was the victim yeah. through the yeah, entire yeah. movie, and that's not Howard Stern. That's not the real Howard Stern. Howard Stern's never been a victim his entire life. I don't believe. I could be wrong, but what I, you cannot deny and have to respect the guy's talent, right? So, oh, totally, and, totally. Uh, walking into a Charlie Tuna or a Howard Stern or a Robert W. Morgan or any of those big names, and I think we asked Charlie this same question, and he said, I never did that. He did the exact same thing you did, Mike. I would just say, how are you feeling? I'm just here. We're just here to kind of talk and see how you feel about the radio station and the way the morning show is going. So I, I think that's... We get out of Mike McVeigh exactly what you hear. Just like we heard Charlie Cook, that's exactly what you get if you work with Charlie Cook. Same thing with Mike. And so you guys are simpatico, no doubt about that, in your business plan when it comes to consulting and, and talent coaching. You have a couple opinion. of uh, important events coming up uh, within the next few months, right? Some in-person things? Uh, yeah. I mean, I speak at a lot of things, but I've got I, – I have um, – you know, the first thing I'm doing is speaking at the Christian Music Broadcasters CMB event. Right. Momentum is about, I think, June 4, I'm speaking. Uh, morning Show Boot Camp's coming up in August. I'm going to do something there. Uh, NAB, RAB Radio Show is in October in Las Vegas. And something I'm a little closer to our hearts is coming up soon, though. You got to tell me what? What am I missing? What is it? Yeah, it's a kind oh, of podcast movement. Yes. You mean. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, I just, I just, I have to tell you, I just found out last night though that I'm speaking. So <laughs> they, they, I, I applied the last couple years. I'm really honored at that one because I've applied the last two years and wasn't accepted. This year I was accepted, and so that's coming up in early August. And Who runs so that I'm show? Looking forward to that. I don't know the exact, uh, I mean, I know who the guys are that run up the podcast movements, its own business. Oh, okay. And it is done more for the development of podcasts than, than you could ever imagine anybody out there. And I've gone to the last two podcast movements and to people who've listened to this and haven't gone, you should go because it's what radio conventions were like in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. I mean, it's packed with hundreds of young, enthusiastic people who are excited about the business and excited about being pioneers. There's great sessions. There's lots of fun wine and dinner. And hmm. so, awesome. you know, it's... it's Two like of your community. favorite things, Mike. Wine. Yeah, wine and, and dinner wine, great things. And wine. And <laughs> wine maybe and an appetizer. People. And then more wine. And then wine. more wine. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wine and dinner. All right, all right, boys. Now, just remember that Dave and I are here doing our podcast thanks to uh, a local restaurant that offered half-priced martinis on Friday night, That's and this right. is where the whole thing came from. Yeah. So, yeah. But tell me about that. Half-priced oysters, half-priced hamburgers, and we'd have two or three martinis, and that's where the creative juices got flowing. <laughs> well, in. well, I will tell you if I'm not having a glass of Cabernet Sauvignon which is red wine for those people who are uncleansed. Um, it would be a dirty martini, gray goose up with blue cheese stuffed olives. Oh, that's my, my gosh. Favorite. Now, that sounds pretty good. I'd take one yeah. of those in a heartbeat. Yep. Yeah. Hey, oh, yeah. What a thrill yep. to be with you today, Mike. I've enjoyed this session immensely. We it's could just... talk for hours and hours and hours because we love our radio friends. We really do. And, Mike, I know you're a busy, busy guy. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time out. 
Thank you so much for inviting me and having me. And I hope you'll send me the link. If somebody's sharing this link on my social media, it means they sent me the link. If you can't find it, those bastards did not send me the link. <laughs> you got it, man. Take care. Great to be with you. Thanks for listening to Radio War Stories. We'll be back next week.